Welcome, welcome, dear people, to another beautiful episode of Cinema Bushido. I am your host, Mr. Matthew Whitaker, and here with me is Mr. Hooked on Phonics himself, Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day's a holiday. How are you doing today? <laughs> Every day is a holiday, and I am doing well. So, um, I want to start out and say we're like a month late on um, recording this podcast, but not really, uh, releasing the podcast, because we have actually done this podcast, or not exactly this podcast, but we've done this podcast, we've done, bl- we've done Bloodsport, one of the greatest, funnest movies in, in, in recent memory, <laughs> but we have done Bloodsport three times. Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like uh, the gods have conspired against us on this one. I agree. I agree. So we're going to take on the glory that is Bloodsport. Um, We've done it twice before. This is our third. First was an exercise in pure drunkenness. And as you can hear from that background sound, that is Lee getting (laughs) getting even more drunk. I don't think we're right, buddy. I'm getting right. We could we could potentially do the first Bloodsport podcast again, (laughs) which means we'll have to do it a fourth time. Uh, you know what? You know what? This podcast is going to get you. It's going to get you pregnant or drunk. One I, or the other. I think right, so. I'm just going to let you know right now. Yeah, one or the other. Okay, so then the second time we recorded, uh, I had a technology fail. We did. It's like it's like that song from uh, Tena- Tenacious D, right? The the best song in the world. It's like, well, we we actually did the best podcast we've ever done, and this is just a tribute to that that awesome episode. Yeah, it's 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 sorrowful in the way that the best thing we ever done was only witnessed by us solely. Okay, so one really cool thing is when we were doing the what our two last recordings, what we did is we were trying to do this thing that we often do, which is take a awesome movie and pair it with a movie that was sort of a rip off of it or some kind of homage to it and talk about how the two are something like one another. I I thought that was an interesting idea because I I do that all the time in real life like yeah, in this particular case, we were going to do Bloodsport versus Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I feel like the, uh, if, take a drink if you hear the word I feel, or feel. But uh, anyway, the, uh, the idea was is that like the, how, much, how, how much more different the 80s uh, Bloodsport is versus the 90s Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And, you know, um, I read recently, after we, uh, this, I never even thought of this when we led up to this point, but... Um, Johnny Cage is based on yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme's character yeah. in Bloodsport. In the first Mortal Kombat, he looks just like yeah. uh, Frank Dukes. Wearing the same clothes and everything. But not being as handsome. Yeah. So what, what that last podcast would have, um, would have shared with you is that we really love Bloodsport. I didn't realize how much I loved Bloodsport until I watched it again. I remembered how much I loved it nostalgically. Just like, this is a great flick from back in the day. Watching it again, it is a beautiful movie. Like, it has some of the greatest fight sequences. It's really good cinematography. It's, it, it, pays, it pays me in a really special way that it's all the shit I love from the 80s in one flick. I mean, it had cheesy-ass comedy and badass kicks and just great stuff. What we were going to tell you, if you would have listened to one of the first two of these podcasts, is that Mortal Kombat was fucking terrible. Just fucking miserable. Yeah, it was an abortion on the big screen. Yeah, so we won't bore you with that. Um, in the end, we talked about a couple things. We'll just sum it up here. Um, Lee thought that one um, chick, what was her name? The, the, not, not Sonya Blade, or maybe Sonya Blade. 
the mysterious one. Katana. Yeah, Katana. You love Katana, and I actually had a, got a kick out of um, the cheesy Maverick guy, whose name I don't oh, remember. Johnny Cage. Okay, that's Johnny Cage. Yeah, so I thought he was funny in the movie because he was so, you know, the homage to the Mavericks and all that. But in the end, we, we just kind of disagreed at the end and kind of agreed that it was shit, and you had nostalgia for it because it was something you grew up with from the video game. I didn't, and we were just like, okay, so let's talk more about Bloodsport. Yeah. I feel like, take your drink right now, that uh, that the Mortal Kombat was, it was just a product of its time. It was just like corporate, whereas Bloodsport is clearly a labor of love that never made it to the, the feature film cinema. It was it just went straight to video. And Blood and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme actually had to kick down money to help finish it in editing. So it was clearly just about the story. So I'm gonna let you start, Lee. Let's talk about Bloodsport. We're not gonna go crazy here. Um I don't I, I wanna make our podcast a bit shorter. Um just from the fact that I know personally I like uh, I like more condensed versions of things. But I want you to just tell me like tell me what you loved about it and give me some goods. Okay. I'm gonna be as succinct as I possibly can, which is another word I like to use uh when I've been drinking and I'm making podcasts. Um so there's a two important qualifiers, my friend. Uh, uh, so uh, there's a progression in the beginning. There's a sense of connectivity to all the characters. You give a shit. Even though you know that Frank Dukes is the main character and that, uh, inevitably he's going to win, You there's a sense of tension and drama all three days. Um, this All the uh, all the secondary branch-off stories uh, are very compelling and the ending is brilliant. Yeah, it's perfect. So even so, you said all the characters, even that weird little guy that brought them to the arena. I liked him. Yeah, he was like, people love Asians because we're so good looking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, buddy, that's hot. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what about for, you? For what me. About you? Yeah. Okay. So Jackson, I love that guy. Yeah. Jackson, uh, I should be more ready. Um, Jackson's real name is Donald Gibb. I liked him a lot. I've always liked him. He was all around in the 80s. He's a fantastic guy. I'm not going to talk any more about him because he's going to come back up in a little while when we do uh, what we're calling our top six. But um, I uh, I liked the crazy racism. You know, it, it, It's something you can't do anymore, but in its time, it was just so great. Like, why don't you quit, round eye? <laughs> stuff like that like really it's so not okay anymore to be even slightly bad but um my other thing i i brought this up to you when we've talked about this movie so many times in the past but as one of my favorite movie characters like one of my favorite actors of all time in it forrest whitaker and he is just like completely shit upon by that weird old man cop yeah, you know, we, we had a discussion on the previous two podcasts, and essentially, like, as someone who is young and impetuous and who had, like, someone very much older than him who was, like, his his inadvertent mentor or his superior, like, you know, one time he told me, slow the fuck down, you know, and he was just, like, you know, he just constantly kept saying, kept trying to impart that, that, that wisdom that you get. So they say that youth is wasted on the young. And the idea is that, you know, the little old guy, he like, he's always right in the situation, but before he can handle it, Forrest Whitaker's character, who's very young, 
and like very like you know he's very he's got hey, a lot going for him. Hey, he, he called he called Forrest Whitaker a dickhead. I mean, who called him a dickhead? I think the old man did. And if it no, wasn't... it was it was it might have been Jackson. Yeah, it was maybe yeah, it Jackson. was Jackson. But then he punked Jackson. <laughs> he put that he put that thing right to his face like a dick, and he was like, "Don't move." Yeah, don't it, move. Just like and Jackson was hey, like, "Nah, dog, I ain't trying to get that." Hey, just like at a Highlander. Yeah. Don't move, pal. Yeah, yeah. Don't even exactly. breathe. <laughs> you cruising for a piece of ass? <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, um, so we're going to go on. So, beautiful film. We both absolutely love this film. Um, I, in particular, again, just... It, 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 did, it did fighting in a way that not many movies, even of the time, did. Like, you could see that in a Bruce Lee movie. You could see, like, very direct and de- deliberate kicks and stuff and they were they were choreographed perfectly so you could watch like exactly what was happening but not you know my favorite one of my favorite guys at the time was chuck norris and he didn't do that he did his roundhouse kick but otherwise it was starting to get a little bit into the shaky cam stuff of just punching randomly this was really concise yeah i agree you know um outside of the fact that there were scenes where they were trying to project like the world's fastest ko's right. by chung lee and then by frank dukes where it's like they do it and it takes like 15 seconds and everyone freaks out. They're like, well, it's the fastest thing I ever saw. And you're like, hey, man, I saw it. I'm right here. I'm not even drunk. And I know that was not very fast. And uh, so, you know, I'm, uh, outside of the timing issue with the camera work, I mean, this is one of the best choreographed movies for fight scenes I've ever seen in my life. It's compelling. Every time I watch it, I forget. I mean, even though I know the ending – the tension and the reality, I feel like I'm there. I feel I've, I've, the world is very alive to me at that point. You're dead on. Fighting. You're dead on. I mean, it is really, so the, I, I, that screaming blind scene, you know, um, yeah. Chang, Chang Li throws sand or whatever, salt or something into his eyes, and you feel defeated for a moment. You're like, what the fuck? And like, he's really going to fail or something, even though yeah. I've seen it so many times. There's no way he's going to fail. But, you know, he seems so lost, and he throws his hands in the air, and he does that super scream. I thought that was so effective. And then his Shidoshi, his spirit comes. Oh, yeah. And then they do that spiritual music, and then he relives that progression that you see in the beginning. We redo the 80s montage. Exactly. Bam! (laughs) That beautiful tone, and he's like, oh, he calms down. And even though he can't see, he beats Chong Li. Yeah. He beats Chung Lee. Chung Lee being uh, Bolo Young, we both just absolutely love that man. Yeah, of course. He was also in Hard Target, I believe. He threw a barrel at Jean-Claude Van Damme in that movie. He was one of my favorite characters. He was actually in two, um, at least two Bruce Lee movies, but two of my favorites. Oh. Um, the first was called Fist of Fury, and mm-hmm. he played, he was so young. I mean, he must have been like 20 years old. And then second, of course, in the most famous, which is Enter the Dragon, where uh, he he was really imposing. I mean, he was so yeah. big. he was so big. He was so big yeah. and so scary. Yeah, very. Cool. And you know, the, I I if you guys have an internet browser open, it's not hard target. Hard target is the one where he's hunted for for sport by yeah. rich people. I loved hard target. Okay, so which one uh, was Bolo in? I don't remember, but oh. I do know one thing. I remember as clear as day. I was a young kid. You can imagine a, a poor little kid with a. A buzz cut, like a military haircut, right? And he's just watching this movie, and they throw and Chul, and and uh, Chung Lee throws that barrel at him, 
and that barrel looks heavy as fuck because he acts it up. You know, he, it sounds yeah. like it's like really heavy. You know, and he throws oh. it at Jean Claude Van Damme. Maybe you're thinking right. of he was in Double Impact, which that's was, a, yeah. ah, that might have been it with okay. uh, what's his name, Dennis Rodman, I think. Um, it was. It was oh, Dennis Rodman. I, I think Dennis Rodman was in that. Yeah, you stay classy, Dennis Rodman. He fucked Madonna. Okay, all right. I don't know if it was him. Either way, um, one really interesting thing about Bolo. Bolo was like kind of a well-known bodybuilder. Like he was kind of like a Mister Universe for China or something like that. Couldn't tell. But he was like, uh, according to some of the notes for this film, this film, he was like the sweetest man in the world. He just Aww. drank tea every day, and he was there with his kid. And anytime he wasn't working, he was off hanging out with his kid, just you Aww. know, chilling out. And he would talk with uh, Jean Claude at length. There's a really cute video if you look on YouTube. Just look up like Bolo. Jean-Claude reunion and it's them about five or six years ago maybe even ten years ago long time after the movie and he's really old and you know even Jean-Claude looks pretty bad but they're just kind of chilling out and having a nice conversation it's really it's really a cool thing to watch yeah I I I think that Chung Lee played his role perfectly he had the charisma of an Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie Terminator fuck yeah he did Uh, you know, Terminator had 26 lines, 28 lines, something to that effect, and turned it into a, uh, like a franchise. And Chung Lee had a handful of lines, but you were so you were so caught up in the rapture of Chung Lee as the as, as the antagonist that didn't matter, he didn't have to say anything. Hell yeah! No, he really almost needed to say nothing. It was so good. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I love, we've done this podcast a number of times. You know my favorite scene, but I'm going to hold it back because it's one of the best scenes in 80s action. It's just so awesome. But you tell me your favorite scene. And if I remember yours, it is another badass scene. Okay, so there, there are two scenes I really love, which is um, in the early on uh, in, the, in the movie, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, this will be my favorite scene, truth be told, is that... Um, there's a fight that happens and there's blood spilled and Jackson says to Frank Dukes, that's why they call this blood sport kid. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, I love the titular line. So he's been one of my favorites. And my second favorite scene is when he does the splits while that sumo and that sumo fighters coming at him and he just like does the din mock. He like does the splits and he does the din mock right in that guy's dick. And there's like this split second where he just looks, or he 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 uppercuts his dick. He goes down and he uppercuts his dick while he's trying to, like, ch- while he's trying, while the sumo's trying to, like, uh, squeeze him to death. And then it's like there's a split second where he steps back, and that sumo looks like a bull elephant on the Sahara. He looks like he is the one of the four horsemen that is coming to fuck your world up. And 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 there's a scene. And and uh, Jean Claude Vignette, he's backing up and he's like flexing like a son of a bitch. And then like as soon as he comes in, he's like dim mock right in his stomach. That's so and good. And knocks him down. Yeah, okay, it was beautiful. Quick thing, what's yours, buddy? I read this today. Um, according to Frank Dukes, that was never meant to be a cock punch. It was meant to be like a punch into the bladder, which was really common, accordingly, like to just take uh. people down. Because a lot of the um, badass fighters would wear a steel cup. Nice. They knew better. And I'm sure Frank did it. He would just punch somebody in their bladder, which hurt a lot. And then they would 
you know, kill everyone. It's like getting it's it's this probably the same fucking feeling, right? Oh yeah, it can't be good. It can't be good. <laughs> I don't want to be touched anywhere in the groin area, but I feel like yeah. like around my cup and into my bladder would really make me upset. Yeah, I'm really excited that uh, that Frank Dukes kick, hit that guy and then just like knocked him over like a tree. Hell How yeah. about you, buddy? Okay, so that brings me, yes, you know my favorite, but I'm going to tell you. So it's because this movie is so perfect in how it leads up. We have so much awesome carnage, and we have Chong Lee, who is a badass motherfucker. And Chong Lee, um, up to the point that um, Frank Dukes kicks his ass, had been taunting him the whole time. He beat up Ray, Ray Jackson. He beats the shit out of him. Um, more or less looked like he was going to die, like, Broke his neck or whatever. Broke his spine. I don't know. It looked fucking terrible. But um, Ray Jackson is, like, done. And now it's time for our homie to get revenge. It isn't the revenge I love. It's that he gets revenge. And then he comes back. And Ray, of course, is fine. His head is a fucking, you know, metal. His head is indestructible. So, you know, in the end, he says to him, which I thought was very sweet. He said, anytime, anywhere, you know, I'll look out for you, and I love you, man, and I love you, too. I just thought that was really cool. Like, a great way, no other action flick of the 80s ended with two guys pretty much saying, I have your back anytime, and I love you. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, the brotherhood in that movie was beautiful. Yeah, they were cool the whole time. From the moment they yeah. met, they were a little against each other, and we all thought that Jackson was going to be a douchebag because he looked like a biker. But he ended up being a real sweetheart, and then the whole thing was just fucking cool. Yeah, Jackson was good people, or the salt of the earth, as I like to say. All right, so I think at that, unless you have something else you want to throw out there, it's time for the top six. All right, I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. All right, so I'll tell anyone who's listening to this that uh, Mr. Lee has had no prior knowledge of any of my questions. Um, and I've had six drinks, so it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. He'll either get them all very easily because he's a blood sport connoisseur master, or he'll fail horribly, and it'll just be fucking hilarious. And we can it, hopefully we're hoping for the latter. We can we can all laugh really hard. Okay, so these are not hard questions. Um, I just went for it. I just found some stuff randomly. I, I I'm very interested in reading the you know background to any movie, and this one had a lot of really interesting facts, like the cup. And the punch in the bladder and random shit like that. So the first question is, how old was Bolo Young, Chong Lee, Chong Lee, Chong Lee, when he appeared in Bloodsport? Was he? I'm gonna say. Oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go yeah, no, go ahead, get, what you're throw it out there. I was hey, gonna so give I, you I multiple choice. It was multiple choice. No, 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 go multiple. No, choice. I want you just to go now. I know I'm gonna play the odds, man. <laughs> I, I'm putting money on the twelve. Uh-uh. I'm putting it on the eight and the nope. six. Nope, nope. You have to just. I'm, I'm gonna say thirty-one. Nice. Okay, so I'll give you the multiple choice. It was okay. twenty-eight, thirty-two, forty-two, or fifty. Thirty-two. You are wrong. He was forty-two years old. Oh, dude, my that my guy age. Good as, that guy looked good at 42, man. If yeah. I looked that good at 42, I'd be like, hey, girl, what are you doing tonight? Fuck yeah, that was like the height of his fucking life. He looked so... Dude, he looked so good. Oh, <laughs> he, he he ages like a fucking boss. Fuck yeah, he does. He looked so great. It just perfect. I, I thought early to mid-30s. Yeah. No, I hear you. I think that's why it was so shocking. 42. Okay, you're gonna love this question. You're you're gonna love this next one. How many times does JCVD 
do the splits in Bloodsport. Okay, hold on. I could probably figure this out. Okay, so he does it <laughs> initially, and then he does it during the training, and then he does it uh, when he kicks, when he punches that guy in the balls. So I'm going to say three times. Okay, but then what about that weird training montage, kind of like at the church or something? The church? I don't know. Somewhere in, in where wherever they're at. I'm just telling you, there's at least a four. Oh, I don't, I don't realize it. So I know he does it initially, but it's just like in kickboxer. So he does it initially, but then his Shidoshi, like, spreads him out further or something. I don't know. What about and when he, he's drawn and quartered that time? Yeah, so there's one, and then there's one after that. And then I only knew about the punching of the balls. I didn't realize there was a fourth. That's a great point. I didn't realize there was a fourth. You ready? According yeah. to the interwebs, when we'll have to count seven times he does the splits in Bloodsport. What? How does he do the splits in Bloodsport seven times? And what are the other scenes that he does Bloodsport? He does it when he knocks the guy the sumo out. Guess what? He does it. What? We're gonna have to rewind and look for him all. Right. all. But yeah, he doesn't do it seven times. Nah, look shit. it up. I don't make this shit up. I know, I know. But you know, yeah, I'm gonna put on the internet that uh, that Jesus and Moses <laughs> were saved by Matthew Whitaker from the Romans. I mean, what does that mean? It's true. You are absolutely right about the internet being full of shit. Almost all the time. But that's all I have to go by. So, um, okay. you're going to love okay. this. So, fail. Right. fail. So I'll, I'll count that as a loss. Okay. Fail, I'm fail. over two. I'm like, uh, I'm like the Cleveland Browns right now. All right, let's do If this. we wanted to just think back. So, I'm with you. He did the one, the training montage, the fall down. He does the, it twice. He does it twice. In, and he does it twice in the battle. Like, he does the guy in the bladder, but he also does it when he comes down to hit Chong Lee in the chest, right? I don't remember the splits when he hits him in the chest. He does though. the death touch. Uh, he kind of comes down and goes, The Dimbok. Yeah, the Dimbok. Yeah, but uh, does he do the whole splits for that? I don't know. Maybe they count it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, to me, the splits are when you're, like, all the way down to the ground. Okay. Donald Gibb, Ray Jackson, is a famous, okay. big, huge, tough guy from the 80s. What other 80s movie series is he super famous for being in? Yeah, I mean, you have multiple choice, right? I gotta guess. Oh, this one you could just guess. Um, I could make up multiple uh, choice if you'd like. Uh, no, I can. No, no, no. I, I can. I, give, I, a, give a I, guess I, and then I, say, or you can just call multiple choice. Okay, so I was born in 1983, and I have no idea what other movies he was Okay, in. so let me give you multiple choice. He okay. was either in The Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> he, was the, he was either in The Goonies. He was in Back to the Future. He no. was in Big Trouble in Little China, or he was in Revenge of the Nerds. I was saying Revenge of the Nerds. You are 100% right. He played a guy named... Because he had such a big Ogre. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. I only remember, I think it was Rick Moranis, whoever was the main no. nerd. It wasn't Rick Moranis. I can't Moranis. remember his name. Um, so that movie actually had that guy that ended up uh, playing some doctor on a long series, but... The other dude was uh, the Carradine, um, the the half Carradine. He was like David Carradine's maybe half son. I don't even know. It was a weird cast. And actually, the only person I honestly remember, I watched Back to the Nerd. I'm sorry, Revenge of the Nerds one, two, and like three. The only person that really stuck with me over all that time is Donald Gibb as Ogre. He was like kind of a shitty, like you know, kind jock. of jock. Yeah. And yeah. then, then he gets in with the nerds, and 
There was one particularly like funny scene where um, he's hanging out with the nerds and they're talking about some big science stuff. God knows what. It's, this has been 30 years. And yeah. he, says, he says, hey, what if D-O-G spelled cat? And they all pause. And then they're like, that's really a good question. They're all like blown away by his. <laughs> yeah, it was just so fucking lame. To patronize him. <laughs> they didn't you know, patronize um, him. They honestly thought, yeah. Like, um, what if you mixed, like, switched out the alphabet? And, like, they, they believed in him. And I guess that's what helped him even further his, I'm not a jock. I'm one of these nerds. And, you know, he eventually became kind of their hero. He was like their mountain from Game of Thrones. What I like that's interesting is is that like um, the kind of the archetypes of the '80s kind of reflect the people who grew up in the '50s, you know. So you get a lot of that jock and smart guy, and, you know. Yeah, and that, I like that Revenge of the Nerds introduced me the, to the whole um, you know fraternity hierarchy thing and this concept mm-hmm. of. I mean, I had you know jocks and nerds, and I was definitely on the nerd side, <laughs> but. Um, so I kind of got that part, but it was really interesting. Okay, I, let, I'm not going to stop there. Let's keep going. So we're three okay. down of my top six. You are one, one, point, and two. one point out of three. Okay. How many Bloodsport sequels were there? Two. Two more after that. Okay, so three. Oh, yeah. No, wait. So you said twos, yeah. So there were actually... Yeah, yeah there, two more after that. There were actually three sequels. Ah, damn. But okay. here's the real question. Out of those three... How many had Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, that's two. What? One? Only one? I don't know. Zero. I never saw any of them. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme never showed up again in any Bloodsport sequel. He thought they were trash. I don't blame him. To give you the names, it was Bloodsport 2, the next Kumite. Bloodsport 3, (laughs) Bloodsport 4, the dark Kumite. Okay. Can I get a bonus? Can I get a bonus response there? Yes. Can I get like you know when you give an answer and then the like they come back from the commercial Jeopardy and the guy's like our producer said well that counts. He was in the movie called The Quest, which was a remake. No, 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 no. doesn't matter. Uh-uh. Okay. That's the one he took. Um, well, he was he didn't. Uh, he was taken to court by Frank Dukes, the real Frank Dukes, because Frank Dukes accordingly wrote The Quest and deserved rights on it and it was meant to be Bloodsport 2 well yeah what happened is, is that Frank Dukes actually is in the movie there's a cameo of old man Frank Dukes in the movie with a cane and a suit right so they and had a lawsuit in, he's in there and it yeah. ended up you know like it ended up nice I, I'm, I imagine Jean-Claude gave him a million dollars or something and said shut yeah. the fuck up yeah thank you for putting me in Bloodsport and making me famous Dukes Ryu <laughs> I, I, will, I will do give you one more question okay. based on that okay. question that could give okay. you a half point I don't feel like I don't feel good about this but go on okay so of those additional three sequels who is the only character from the original Bloodsport to show up in one of them oh I have no fucking clue I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Jackson bam you just got a half point I was thinking you yeah. got you, you got to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, Jackson. Thank you for not being suitable in any other roles. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, he was he was in Bloodsport too, the next Kumite, and then he went good, to good. finish out uh, his career on television. And then he went on Social Security. Gotcha. Yes, because well, I yeah, he's quite old. Okay, so uh, that was number four. 
We have two more. Okay. Okay, so one of my favorite lines from 1. Blood... 1.5. Good yes, so you have 1.5. Uh, if you can get yourself up to three, you you win. If you don't or get 2. up to... 2.5. I feel like I got 2.5. I split it, you know? No, nah, you have to get up to three, which means... No, 2.5 is fine. Okay. If you can get one more question... Actually, that last one might... Uh, it's too easy. No, no, and no, that's... no. It's no, that's going to give you 2.5. You need to get up yeah. to three points. Okay. Okay. So the next question is, one of my favorite lines from this movie, uh, I have a buddy, his name is Johnny Ma. He loves to quote this whenever I'm around him because he looks like a short, small version, small IT version of Chang Lee. He, sa- okay. he, ho- he holds up his hand and it's put in a fist. And he says, you break my record. Finish that now line. Now I break you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, that. You That's break- great. Oh, it's, a, it's like he it's like twelve point four seconds is the new world record and then he does in like ten point two. <laughs> and you're like, What? He fucking he just beat and then and then Jackson's like, his first fight in the Cooper, he just broke the fucking world record. He's just like, Fuck yeah. That's my nigga John. That's my nigga J C V D. And what is he holding in his fist? Uh, the uh, the handkerchief from uh, Jackson's head. So Jackson, it's 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 a great scene because Jackson actually, through the sheer mass of a massive man, he just like he's just like nah, brah, and he's like Hulk smash, gorilla smash, just he just like literally t- takes his fist and tomahawks Chung Li, and it's so much force that Chung Li like falls to the ground. But Jackson is so vain that he's like Jackson. Jackson, he's dancing around, you know. He's like, yeah, I'm the best. And by the time he does a full sword for over on the mat, Chung Lee's already come back, too. And he's just like, nah, man. I'm yeah. gonna fuck you yeah. up. Sad scene. Okay, so you are now up to 2-5. See why I didn't give you that uh, extra yeah. point? All right, final Fair question enough. is really, <laughs> really easy. But um, it's also where I shake my head. Um, who is the only Academy Award-winning actor to come out of the beautiful mess that is Bloodsport. Oh, Forrest Whitaker, by far. Da, da, da. So there's your 3.5. La- Follow-up yeah, follow question. You have to answer this properly, or I'll take away two points. How badly was he shat upon? <laughs> I can't quantify that. Do you, want, do you want the points or not? Come on. Say I, he I was, don't. You know what? He I'm was gonna, really, gonna, he was gonna, really you know shat. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna stick to my guns on this one. He 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 took a he took a role, and he knew what it was, and it was a it was a role that I've lived in my own life, uh, you know. And uh, so yeah, I, I I mean I understand completely. Like Forrest Whitaker was a bright, handsome gentleman that was very young and impetuous, and that's what they were trying to. That's what they were trying to. I'm not to... talking about the character of Rollins. I'm talking about the oh. actor that is Forrest Whitaker. Oh, he wasn't shit upon. What are oh, you talking about? Oh, oh, you're killing me here. Come yeah. on. This is this is bonus material right here. What was you, he shit? How was he shit upon? Do you realize he should have just been like one of the fighters? He's so bad as he could have been any of them and just he could have been. But he was I'm better, sorry, but better. I we didn't want to see him shirtless. Come on now. Come on. Come on. We had to Come see on. fucking um, Jackson shirtless. No, we didn't. Oh, yeah, at the end. But Jackson uh-huh. originally wore that that like half shitty t shirt. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't know if. Listen, if, if Forrest, Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker were here, was he was person. not. He was definitely not going to be like, "Hey guys, 
I'm like Jean Claude. I'm ready, ready to go out there and show off my pack, dude. But he's okay. a badass motherfucker. He could have been scary as hell. He was wasted. You know what? Wasted. I just want to put. I just want this out of the podcast. That that's uh, not right now, but it's just to point out that 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 Jean Claude's body is like the perfect body in that movie. I'm not cutting that out. and definition. I want everyone yeah, I mean, to know that you feel that way about him, and I do too. I mean, like, just... like, if I could be that way, I would, like, sell my soul to sing. Why do you think they threw in that whole female romance thing? They just wanted to show oh, up, like, yeah. listen, he isn't just a fighting machine. That body's yeah. also meant for humping. It's a case for the not gays, <laughs> you know? Okay. He's not gay. Okay, that's it. You uh, actually won. Um, it wasn't the best answer. At least you didn't go as dark as you've gone in previous. Previous. Well, just, now that we've done our saying, third blood sport, you're not quite as drunk enough to shit on as, far know, as, as was, much as you could. I was so drunk. Like I never be like, oh, I had too much to drink, and I was like, man, yeah, I was hammered. All right, so we it was are, like just me. I was gonna say that, uh, yeah, I was too drunk for that last part. Yes, you were. Um, and I, uh, ruined the last podcast by not, I didn't even test this one to make sure it was actually recording. I just took it for granted. If this one isn't, we're never doing Bloodsport again. I loved the movie, but in the end, if I screw it up again, it's over. All right. Fair enough. I, I can accept those terms because, you know, God doesn't want us to hear about you bitching about Forrest Whitaker when that's the movie that made John <laughs> Clark Van Damme's career. Okay. That made his fucking career. Like, he never made a good movie after that. He only made mediocre movies after that. It's true. Jean-Claude, um, he never re- really recovered. He was in a few movies that I super loved, like uh, Time Cop. Or, uh, I thought Time Cop was okay. I liked uh, Universal Soldier. Yeah, the original one. Universal Soldier was really good. You know, I don't mind Kickboxer. It's, like, campy. Yeah. It's campy and 80s. Yeah, it's, yeah. Double Impact was really, really rough on me because I really liked yeah. him at that point. Like, at that point, I was still on the on the train of he hasn't done anything bad. And then Double Impact came out, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I think I fell asleep. Yeah. What the fuck yeah, just, he, what he's happened? He's made a lot of shitty movies like Lionheart and, you know. I mean, he's just been, I mean, he's just been in a lot of terrible movies. And even in the movies he was in that were that were decent, it's like... You look at the quality of the writing and the directing, and you're just like, man, it was just clearly to make money the whole time. They were just making money off of Bloodsport. When you look at that, think of this. We did Cyborg, and Cyborg I didn't love, but I had friends who loved it, and they eventually made me love it, which was fine. Okay. Um, We get to um, Double Impact, right? We did Universal Soldier, which I thought was really good. Yeah, I thought Universal Soldier held its own, but I don't think it was that good. But then he did Nowhere to Run, which I thought was oh, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought after he did Lionheart, it was just like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, even when I'm like a 13-year-old kid I'm, or a 12-year-old kid, I'm just like, dude, come on. This is so predictable. He's like fighting in the Oh, uh, It was water. really predictable. I think that's when yeah. I was really starting to get into all like that was Cinemax and Showtime. So Nowhere to yeah. Run spoke to me. Um I actually liked Hard Target, and I was so blind to the fact that he was so bad at being Cajun, just because, you know, he was French, and I thought, French people can be, they can just act like they're from the South, and it's okay, and he's French, and it didn't work at all. Is he French, or is he Dutch? I don't remember. Okay, so he is from Belgium. Oh, yeah. Which, I think that really means French. Somebody can tell me in the- No, you're wrong. In the comments- 
But the no, Bel- Belgium Belgium is way too north of France. But they speak like they speak the Belgian no. and they speak yeah, Flemish. They, the, it's like Flemish, yeah, Flemish is I like think, a mix between English, German and and French. But there's and French, it's a weird language. There's, there's French in there. Yeah, but it's right across the English Channel and it's right next to Germany too. It's like a mixture. Okay. Time Cop? We talked about that. Street Fighter? Yeah. That was actually an okay movie, but it, it like it's sad because Raul Julia died that Yeah, way. that was While really filming. Sad. That's kind of right. sad. He was not a good bad guy. No, he did not play it. Yeah, but he did look just like, what's his name from Street Fighter? The bad guy. He looked just like him, except his chin wasn't like Jay Leno enough. Yeah. Okay, um, we get to the quest and sudden death. This all just kind of blends. Jean-Claude yeah. was doing shit. We did sudden death, the quest... Maximum Risk, that was the prison one. Double Team, yeah. Knock Off. I don't think I remember that. 98. I think I was done with yeah, Jean-Claude by, by then. Yeah. Legionnaire, which was boring as shit. I remember shit. that one. It was boring as shit. He did Universal Soldier, The Return. I don't think he was in it the whole time. Then we get to what I thought was pretty good, The Replicant. Oh, that is, is that the one where they go into the swamp at some point? I can't remember. Oh my it's God. like a newer one, right? Oh my god, I just clicked on knockoff because I couldn't remember which one it was. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays a fashion designer who must join forces with a CIA agent. <laughs> and it had it had Rob Schneider in it. Oh my god. Anybody who makes me feel masculine should not be in an action film. Rob Schneider. Okay, that's yeah. it. Finish up. Is there anything else you'd like to point out about Bloodsport? We cannot go off on any more Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's too painful to me. If you were like 15 years old and have never illegally downloaded Bloodsport, you need to. It's one of these movies. It literally, like, if you can, can you think of one actor who worked for 20 years off of one movie? This is that one movie. That's this a, is that one actor. That's a really good point. Like, you think of everyone else. They did a movie and then they did other shit. Like, Chuck Norris, he did Breaker Breaker and then he eventually found his way into. You know, good men wear, I mean, yeah, good guys wear black or whatever, and the octagon and all that cool shit. Yeah. Everybody had, like, a, kind of something shitty that led to them getting better. And Jean-Claude, even though he was in Breakin' as, like, one of the freestyle, you know, breakdancers, his breakout, was his real first film was Bloodsport. It was his best he's ever done, and he'll never make it back. Oh, yeah. That was the only, like, that literally, that movie made this guy an action superstar for the rest of the 90s. I mean, until the end of the 90s, he falls off at the end of the 90s, but then he's still getting work today. He's still on, like, he's still on Netflix and Crackle today. I mean, he, you, he's still making movies today. They're just terrible. But he literally, he literally, that movie was so good that it skyrocketed him skyrocketed him right up to the top of the mountain right away. Watching it again, it's better than most of that other stuff from then. I mean, aside from yeah. the obvious stuff, like, it, he deserved it. It was a great movie. It was a great story. All right. Well, sir, um, yeah. How about you, buddy? What do you think? Ultimately, what did you think? Ultimately, what did you think oh, of the movie? Oh, no, you know what I think of it. Um, I was just going to, uh, I was finishing up here. I'm like, damn, like, I, there's not much more I can say about this. Uh, obviously, anyone listening to this will know. I fucking love Bloodsport. It doesn't follow in the vein of, uh, of well, we're going to be going a little deeper into, uh, into feudal Japan here in some upcoming episodes. But um, Bloodsport, 
is a highlight of, you know, martial arts mastery in cinema in the 80s. And that was the time when it, it shined more than ever. They're getting better now. There's there's other stuff um, that's very different. Um, Ip Man has become kind of a, an icon, and he's, you know, responsible for the whole Wing Chun thing, which is really badass kung fu. But yeah, that was the days. Those were the days when we still had some sort of uh, mystery in our minds of what is martial arts and what does it mean and the idea that there was a kumite still still to this day not actually like factually you know um founded like the kumite even though there are many people have stood up and said yeah yeah i've seen one or i've done one there's no like public record that such a thing ever existed especially the one i mean he said he did if you look at the ending of of bloodsport with the stats there about he did like something crazy like seventy seven fights over five years or something like that. He did five years and he was he you know he had fifty six consecutive knockouts. There you go. It's just fucking nuts. But for something, I'm not saying it isn't true because anybody who's saying that shit, it's easy to knock down someone when there is something secret and there's not a lot of you know records around it. In in most of the naysayers around Frank Duke's lives. Life are just fucking bullshit idiots. There's this one particular guy I read about. I think he wrote for the Times or something. He was it's a real piece of crap. But there is really no proof. So to this day, yeah, Frank Dukes could be a complete and total fraud. But he made so, he made a badass flick. Well, that was fantastic, Lee. Again, so awesome. One of my favorite things about doing the Cinema Bushido podcast is having somebody as clever as you to watch these films with me and give me your take on them. I enjoy the hell out of listening and listening to what you have to say about these things and watching them. It's just so much fun. But yeah, so uh, our next one coming up, uh, I believe I'm going to get this going soon. So we should have this up in a couple weeks, but we are going to be doing the seven samurai, which is, Oh yeah. Yeah. And at one point we were going to do kind of a mashup and see what we thought of that versus magnificent seven. But I don't think I'm going to do that anymore because I don't want to take away from what is cinematic brilliance. And I want to hear what you have to say about the real thing and not about how we're really trying to compete the two. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. My nipples are very hard right now. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, so uh, we said in the beginning, uh, you can know it now. I just like to say it because uh, if you're catching this podcast somewhere else, this is the end. If you know who we are, you can turn it off right now. If you want to find out more about uh, Mr. Lee Cleef here, you can find him on Twitter at Hooked on Phonics. It's H-O-U-K-T underscore U-N underscore F-O-N-I-X. And it's me, Matthew Whitaker, and I am easy. I am at Evil Twin Ghost. So I look forward to talking to you guys in the comments, and uh, thanks for listening in.